welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 107. I am your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have just the one bean on the line with me. How's it going tonight, Chewy? I'm, I'm good, mate. Yeah, really good. And welcome back. You've missed the last couple. You've been a, a very, very busy skaven. And yes. it's, a, uh, it's good to have you back. Cracker did yeah, a bang-up like, job last couple of weeks. and but, yeah, Certainly did. Always does a, does a good job. And, yeah, very, very glad to be back. And had to uh, double-check the episode number. I was like, oh, yeah, actually, I've, uh, I've missed a few of these. So try and remember how to do the intro and, and how to speak in a proper, clear podcasting voice. It's uh we're 107 episodes in and I haven't figured that out yet. So, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you haven't figured out how to say two sentences without saying um five times. So, we're still No, I there. haven't figured out how to limit it to just two sentences is mostly <laughs> my issue. But Cracker got his keys, so he is moving. So, he'll be recording from the new, yeah. the new location in the coming weeks. So, yep. hope the move's and, going well, and mate. Stu uh, posted a photo of him packing boxes into a shed somewhere. So... Yeah, half, half the beans are uh, out of commission at the moment just through the process of moving house. But uh, next week, next week may be a little bit different. We'll uh, we'll touch on that oh. at the end of the podcast. Spoiler alert. A little bit of uh, foreshadowing and, uh, you know, what was he going to Did you just put announce- the, Put the bait out there? You just announced that we're going to have an announcement. I did, yes. I, <laughs> you've gone away for two weeks. Did you do a two-week internship at Watsy? Is that what you think? <laughs> Yeah, it was two weeks of learning how to do exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Be interested to see what the second semester is. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. how to how, make broken cards. How to make Oko. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, uh, yeah we, we've got uh, just a few things to talk about tonight, but uh, one of them is quite a large topic. Uh, you guys recorded the podcast last week and then I think the very next morning there was a, uh, a giant announcement that has a pretty substantial impact on uh, on the world of magic. And Custom draft pods. Specifically arena. No. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately it was not. We will, we will get into that as well. But uh, before we get into any of that, do you want to tell us about our awesome sponsors? Absolutely. My favourite part of doing the cast each week is talking about the great people at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They're a Facebook auction group where they have nightly auctions for physical magic cards. You can just jump on, place a bid, outbid your friends. You can pick up some absolute bargains. I saw Pat did his usual thing with a couple of hours to go where he posts the the price difference between, you know, what the things are going for retail and and there was some you know pretty pretty spicy cards going for like half price or two thirds of the the asking price. So you can pick up some absolute bargains over at jpmtgbazaar.com.au. That'll link you straight to the Facebook group. You can get bidding, and when you do win an auction, tell them that the beans sent you. Very good. Now uh, you, you did mention a couple of things in that. You said uh, outbid your friends, but I think you know. Uh, playing magic for for quite a long time you, you pick up not not so much enemies but sort of some you know nemesises and and things like nemesi that's probably the word Pe- people like that that you're like oh that that person beat me in the last one I played that's exactly who you want to be outbidding on Josh and Pat's jump on there find those people and just outbid them just do the do the dollar trick and just uh, just get that that really sweet revenge on someone who probably has no idea who you are and <laughs> that they randomly beat you at a tournament. But the problem is, be, uh, if I did fun that, either way. I've lost so many tournament matches, I'd go <laughs> You'd be cheating on everything. Yeah. 
um, and the other thing with Josh and Pat's, I don't know if he's got any left, but uh, Pat put up a video last week, I think it was, for some holiday bundles that he was doing. He, he boxed up a hundred boxes with uh, some sleeves and some uh, random packs. There's a collector booster. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's a lot of value in that. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, was, was putting them up for sale. Did a hundred. I think they sold out like within an hour or something like that. And then, uh, yeah, he's put, put some more up. So I'm not sure if there's any of those left, but jump onto the Facebook group, check those out. Uh, perfect gift to, uh, to give someone for Christmas. And, uh, yeah. I'd love a, to get make that. Make a nice surprise if, for them. Yeah. Yeah. I got to the, <laughs> You know, got to the tree. Uh, it's only a couple of weeks away, by the way. It's like it is, it is just over two weeks no. to Christmas. Yeah, yep, and yep. I'd love to get that. I'm going to be like looking under the. I'm expecting one, um, Jen. <laughs> uh, if you if you're listening, so I did. I did see uh, Jen comment on that post. So uh, you you never know. Ooh, but uh, okay. uh, another thing I've seen people doing a few posts in our Discord is the. Uh, the advent calendar. You, you remember the advent calendars you had as a kid? My kids yeah, have got, got them at the moment. Got, oh, yeah, got some you get with the, the chocolates. chocolates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So people doing those with with magic cards. So some people doing them with like a booster per day, and and other people doing uh, random cards. Or uh, you know, some days you get a basic land, some days you get a rare. But yeah, it's some, some pretty cool ideas out there. So if if you've got an, any other ideas for that sort of thing that uh, that you and your friends or your family or whatever do through the Christmas period, let us know because that sort of stuff's pretty cool. And uh, that's something I never would have thought of. But uh, but now it's like oh. Maybe I'll set that up next year and, and give myself some nice Christmas surprises each each day of December. Maybe maybe we can Magic Beans brand it and put it on our merch store. Who knows? Well, yeah, uh, we can we can sell Magic Advent calendars, or or maybe we can get Pat onto it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. All right. So the first topic we're going to get into this week before we get into the main one that uh, probably everybody knows what we'll be talking about. Uh, we had a set championship this weekend, Chewy. Did you? Well, I, th- I think you guys mentioned on the podcast last week, but did you get a chance to catch any of it on the on the weekend? Yeah, uh, listening to Cracker tell me about it on the podcast last week was the first I'd heard about it. Great job pumping <laughs> up your <laughs> yes. premier event there, Wizards. Uh, yep, yep. But uh, I did over the course of the weekend, we, we were sort of in and out and catching up with people and, and such, but still a little bit of downtime where I managed to park myself in, in front of the PC and watched... Uh, yeah, a few random matches. I think I probably watched five or six matches total. Uh, every single one of them included one, if not two, is it decks? Uh, yep. But uh, it, they every single one that I watched also included Cedric Phillips, who is yeah quickly becoming my my favorite non Magic Beans commentator. So yep. yeah, he's who, uh, always who, who is your favorite Magic Beans commentator? Uh. <laughs> Given the drive-by you can, you can, I gave Tice last week, uh, I, I think I better say Tice uh, is, is, is my favourite. And uh, but honestly, if I have to pick out of the beans, I love I love Disco Stew because he he's he's so surprised and excited when people do <laughs> stuff like and, and you know you or I may have seen the line, but at, you know he's yeah, still yeah. a relatively new Magic player. And yeah, he'll see something new and he'll be like, or oh, you could just do that and that's going to win you the game. <laughs> so I, I, I play a little mini game with myself, uh, listening to Stu each time to sort of rack up how many times that happens. And that's really entertaining yeah, nice. as well. It's good fun. Yep. Very so good. yeah, it was, uh, it was good. The coverage is 
getting better, honestly. Like some of the Wizards' coverage over the last, you know, few tournaments and through lockdown and such was, you know, not as good as we'd come to expect from their coverage. But they've stepped it up a notch and, you know, probably, you know, other online tournament um, organisers have had a bit of an influence on them and they've realised that they can't just have somebody sharing phone it Discord. In. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, phoning it in, exactly. So they, they've ramped it up and the, the coverage was, was quite good. You know, they had the advantage bar going and the key cards and they had uh, one of the pros, uh, I can't remember his name, he won the SCG event a few weeks ago, his the brother of the other guy. Um, uh, cool. Corey Baumeister. Or yeah, Brad Corey Nelson. would like read out the key cards for each deck as part yep. of their filler and a few things like that, which were cute. So uh, I enjoyed the coverage, uh, but as I said, it was just a lot of blue and red mana yeah. <laughs> facing off against each other, which is, is interesting if you're a, you know, uh, a fan of the control mirror, but there was a few too many of them, I guess. Yeah. So, so you know, you can, you can watch a bit of that, but uh, after you've watched it 15 times in a row, it's not the most exciting thing. So, uh, speaking of that, we do have like the uh, the metagame breakdown, so we will have a bit of a look at that. And you know, looking starting at standard, so the the event was standard and historic, and then uh, the top eight was also historic. So they played a split of standard and historic each day, and on on the first two days, and then the third day was only historic. So in standard, thirty eight point one percent is it epiphany followed by mono white on 20% and then mono green and then uh, a sharp drop off from there. But, I mean, straight up 38% is an epiphany. That's a, that's a pretty high percentage. But that's uh, it's not, not actually the, no. the true story, though, is it? It's and not it's, the full and picture. No. So, th- like, 38%, around 40% is not abnormal in standard. You know, if, if we saw that percentage in something like modern, we'd be going, whoa, that is that is a huge percentage. Something's but standard, wrong, right? yeah, standard, yeah, it's it's high, but it's not too bad. But Wizards have gotten a little bit creative, like we did ourselves for the uh, <laughs> for the Invitational. They've split up a few of the Izzet decks, and uh, when you actually add up all the Izzet decks that are not that different to each other, as well as, you know, there's Grixis decks and Jeskai decks and those sorts of things that are pretty much the same. They're just sort of splashing for a couple of cards. You actually end up at about 50%. And that is that is a lot. I don't, I don't think we've seen that for, for quite a while. So when half the field is Izzet-based decks, it's no wonder that you're seeing uh, mirrors <laughs> all, all day long. So... Especially not, not ideal if, and probably not what Wizards wants. No, not at all. Uh, so especially when they're in the hands of, you know, some of the best players in the world, that means that they're going to be at the top tables. Yeah. And that they're the ones that they're going to coverage. And they're not going to – they're going to cover, you know, the undefeated players to build the drama of who remains undefeated. They're not going to go and look at two players randomly in the middle of the field just because, you know, it's Jun Treasures versus, you know uh, – mono red or something slightly more interesting but yeah yeah it's a yeah we like sort of looking at the deck lists you know we've got the decks that we expected to see and the decks that we saw at our at our envy you know is it decks mono white mono green all's of control uh a, a jund based deck which is a sort of the jund treasures deck there is a few sort of looking at the actual breakdown. You've got some uh, like Demir and zombies and vampires decks and, and a few things like that. But 
they are a, a very, very small percentage of the field. So, uh, yeah, not uh, probably, you know, Crimson Vowel did not have the uh, the effect on standard that Wizards was uh, was expecting it to have. And it's a bit of a shame to have uh, a set that is you know, two two sets that have come, just come out, the, the uh, werewolf set followed by a vampire set and have neither of those tribes represented at your Crimson Vowel set championship. So... Yeah, not not ideal. Or actually, Innistrad set championship. I think they this was the set championship for both, and they've just sort of combined them together. So yeah, uh, probably probably not that good. Yeah. Looking over at uh, historic, we've got a much more diverse metagame in, in historic, which is good to see, and and that's kind of what you expect with the bigger formats, like you get in in modern as well. Like we've got sixteen percent of Selesnia humans, thirteen percent is it Phoenix, ten percent Heliod Company, and then it sort of you know drops off from there. And then something that's really cool to see is twenty three percent is other decks, which tells you that there is just so many random, <laughs> random decks that are getting played in this field, and which is awesome to see. Yeah, that that's a sign of a healthy format, and that's the sort of mm. as you said, that's the sort of thing we see in in modern events and. You know, you get modern events that uh, are at the local level, and and we've had it at our local. You'll get, you know, 20, 22 players, and you'll get 18 or 19 unique decks. And that's if you play in a, a you know, and that scales, right? It, it throughout, whether it's a league on Magic Online or, uh, you know, if there's a modern Grand Prix or, or whatever it might be, you know, there's, uh, or the SCG, there's not often, you know, 30% all of the same deck. And if there is, they, they swing the band hammer, um, which, yes. you know, they've, they've become much more um, comfortable in doing over over recent years out of necessity, but they've realised that, <laughs> yes. you know, it's not the negative that they once thought it was. So, but all that being said, I think Historic looks looks really good. I mean, is it Epiphany? <laughs> it's also a deck in Historic, uh, yeah. which is, uh, you know, in, in itself... Uh, you know, a, a mild concern, but it's only like three and a half percent. So yeah. I don't know how good it actually is. Like more people played, you know, Jund Citadel. So yep, yep, yeah. It's uh, and yeah, the Selesnia Humans, which I'm assuming is a collected company deck, and yeah, collected click company. You know, it's now. it's it's just got Thalia. It it already had a bunch of humans. Like it already had Thalia's lieutenant and and a lot of the modern cards that we see in in the humans deck. Um, and now adding to that Thalia just sort of yeah makes makes the deck even better. So not not surprising to see that uh, up there. Is it Phoenix has been good for ages. You know you've, we've still got Faithless Looting in Historic, so uh, just pairs perfectly with the Bin Chicken. The Heliod Company deck is a uh, a combo deck. I don't know if you've seen the combo with Scurry Oak and Heliod, where you can make an infinitely large Scurry Oak and make an infinite number of uh, tokens and. Gain an infinite number amount of life, I believe, uh, in in historic. So, oh, so there you go. Uh, so that's, that's, that's a good one. interesting because they very quickly banned the uh, walking ballista, right? So uh, well, they never they banned walking ballista in Pioneer. They never printed it into historic because they oh, uh, when, when they did in the Kaladeshri um, Master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. But they obviously it, it was an obvious uh, card that they left out, yeah. and and that was kind of the the reason why. And then yeah, we got a whole bunch of cats getting put in ovens again, which is uh, not surprising because that that deck is still good in historic. So, so Golgari and Jund and the yeah, Meat yep. Hook Massacre featuring yeah. uh, just as an extra engine card as well. So yep, 
Uh, I like that, and I know you've played a lot of that archetype, so that just seems like doubling up on on effects seems like a good thing, right? Yep, absolutely. Well, yeah, the by playing the Golgari version means, you, like, the reason you play the Jund version is so you can have the Mayhem Devil, so you get those pings on the, the in and out from the, the cat with the oven. When you've got Meat Hook Massacre, you, you don't need to worry about the red because the Meat Hook Massacre effectively works like the like the Mayhem Devil. It's it's obviously not quite as good because you can't shoot down creatures and things like that. But yeah. It's still you know, good yeah, at winning the game. Every, yeah, yeah every, every, every time you sacrifice a cat, and then bring it back again. You, you know your opponent's losing two life, and you're gaining one life, and, and things like that. So, yeah, it still still works quite good. Death of a thousand cuts. I like it. Yes, yes. Uh, death, death of a thousand scratches from a cat scratches. black cat. Yep. <laughs> like an abscess as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it yep. But uh, yeah, so we saw uh, Yuki Ichikawa uh, take it down, playing Golgari food in, in historic, and then the is it Epiphany deck in standard. Uh, so you know, congrats, congrats to him. Uh, but the I think the big storyline from the weekend was that the the team that Yuki Ichikawa was on, a J- Japanese testing team, all four of the players on in that team all made top eight. So they were all running the same Golgari food deck and all running Is It Epiphany in standard, and all four of them made the top eight, which is pretty nuts. I don't, I don't know from sort of listening to other podcasts, I don't know if that's ever happened before, a testing team putting f- four people into a top Not eight of for a, a very pro tour type. Yeah, yeah, back in the day, back in the like Finkel's, Bob Marr uh, type days, you know, way back in the the 90s and early 2000s, it was fairly commonplace. Yeah. And then we, the last time I really remember seeing it, this may be wrong because it's the time that comes to mind, is... Uh, when the Channel Fireball team played the Colorless Eldrazi deck in Modern. Yeah, yep. And yep. Yeah, so it's a um, – uh, it may have happened since then, but that's that's, that's the last time that's, that springs to mind. But, yeah, it's – um, but all four is pretty crazy. So Yeah, uh, so it's very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. So very defined meta. And yeah. But, but, yeah, like you look at the historic deck that they chose, the like what we were just talking about, the Golgari food, the top – other top decks in historic are all creature based decks. And when you're running four main deck meat hook massacres and a bunch of cats that can just continue blocking for ages, uh, shambling gas to, to take creatures like Thalia out and your, uh, the ravenous squirrels, which, which get really quite big, uh, pretty, pretty quick. You're definitely set up to, uh, beat down on those, uh, on those creature-based decks, so not surprising that they they did well with that deck in historic, and then obviously they were just playing the best deck in standard. I don't know if their lists were different to other people's lists, but uh, yeah, they they had a good deck for for standard, and then a, a very good deck for historic. So looking at the the top eight metagame, so there's the four Golgari food decks. Yep. There's uh, three is it Phoenix, one Jeskai creativity and a Selesnia humans. So, as you said, there was a lot of creature decks there. Like, even the Phoenix decks, even though they can kind of have an instant speed bin chicken, you can still do your cat thing. And, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, uh, really well set up. Right choice, obviously played well. Like, you know, having the right deck is one piece of the puzzle, but you've got to, you've got to pilot it. And, yeah, they, they broke it. Uh, and yeah. well done, and welcome to uh, well done to to Yuki for yeah taking down the set championship. 
Yep. Uh, uh, also playing in, in the Golgari food deck, playing two Soul Guide Lanterns main and two more in the sideboard. So definitely well set up for dealing with those bin chickens. Yeah, yeah. And the Jeskaya Creativity deck uses the the graveyard as well. So yep. Yep. yeah, good on them. Um, I, I watched a couple of uh, Christian Hauk's games with Mono Green in Standard and um, yeah, very, very good pilot. And uh, a, a name we haven't seen... In a, in a top eight for a little while, actually saw a lot of them in front of the camera in recent years as Simon Gertson. So, mm, um, yep. yeah, proving that they've, they've still got it. So, well done to, to Simon for, uh, yeah, coming back and, uh, you know, getting, getting into a top eight in a, in a really, really stacked field. So, you know, yeah, can uh, play. Also, well done. Yeah. Z- Zachary Keeney is a name that I definitely recognize from SCG events when, <laughs> when those existed. So, uh, yeah, well, well done to them as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. absolutely. So so if I was to jump on the historic queue now, I'm just going to play against Golgari Food all day, aren't I? What beats yeah, it? Yeah, probably. What beats it? <laughs> what beats Golgari Food? I have no idea. <laughs> you want to play Karavik and just permanently give all the creatures minus one? Oh, yeah, like, that'll work. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> they're they're I a mean, black deck, you, so, yeah. You, you can still bring your cat back from the graveyard. It just dies immediately, but you still get triggers and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we – historics sort of – I mean, we've spoken about it before. Historic is very similar to modern in the size of it now and the diversity in decks and all that sort of thing. And it's it's now become one of those formats where you need to have a reason to be paying attention to it and, you know, all the – or most of the events that we've been running recently have been standards. We've been paying a lot of attention to that. So I, I haven't really looked at historic for, for ages, but it, it is quite a cool format and it's something I would definitely be keen to, to play some more of. Uh, cause yeah, it seems like you can, you know, you could look at that metagame and go, okay, all right. Now I'm going to brew something up that's going to, going to do well in that metagame and, and find those, uh, those small one of and two of cards that you put in your main deck that, uh, that sort of help a few matchups and shake things up a bit. So. Uh, yeah, very, very cool format that, uh, back when it first came out, we thought it was not going to go anywhere. And, uh, that may be a, a foreshadowing for what we're about to talk about next. But, uh, yeah, very cool to see a, a bit of diversity there. And, uh, the other thing to point out, you guys spoke about worlds, I think. Well, it might have been even been a podcast that I was on. We spoke about worlds a few weeks ago. The top six players from, uh, this event have all qualified directly for Worlds. One of those players is Yuta Takahashi, who was the uh, the recent world champion. So he's already qualified and, and now has got his second qualification, I believe, for uh, for Worlds. So, uh, Does yeah, that pass down or he's just locked it up? I don't think so. I, I think they've changed how they're doing it this year, um, but I'm not yeah, not not exactly sure. Because there's <laughs> the, knows, it's the risk of it's a, confusing. Yeah, who knows if we're going to have Worlds in the way Wizards go. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's because, uh, you know, odd number, right? So, yeah, I wonder if yeah, they'll yeah. just have a broader qualification uh, later in the season or whether that would pass down to seventh place. But, yeah. Yeah, not sure. We'll yep. have to figure that out. Um, cool. But, yeah, I, I think it's great. Just before we move on uh, from from this top eight, just I also watched a little bit of the, the ESL uh, event this weekend our very own Azzy G uh made top four with wait for it red black vampires uh, Ooh, nice. and uh yeah won through to the top eight pretty comfortably uh rode his luck a little bit in the quarterfinals but then got the absolute nightmare matchup 
in, in the top four and, and couldn't quite get there. But, uh, shout out SG if you're listening, uh, solid performance and, uh, yeah, the second time, I think they've got a second place and a top four in, in recent times. So can magic. So, yep. uh, keep it up. Anyway. Yeah. Actually, while you're mentioning that, uh, the recent ESL events have only been getting around 30 players per event, which is a fair drop off from the first couple that they ran. Their prizes are still really good. There's still a lot of cash and, and uh, boxes and things like that up for grabs. So I believe there's one this weekend and maybe even one next weekend. So uh, if you've forgotten about those events, jump in and play it because with such a small field, it's uh, yeah, it's a good chance to Value. try and spike an event, yeah. get into their finals, and then uh, yeah, pick up some good prizes. So keep an eye out for that uh, for all of our Australian and New Zealand listeners. Okay, so... We mentioned it earlier on in the podcast that uh, after you guys recorded last week, there was a huge announcement, and uh, the announcement is that uh, yeah, as as you said, Chewy, we've got draft pods. You know, we can we can draft with our friends. And, oh, it's and going to be stuff. awesome! Isn't we'll that, have a beans right? event. I can't wait for Arena Cube. Yeah. I'm so oh, pumped for this. I have- no, that's not what it says. No, sorry, uh, oh. there's. Oh, there was there was the draft arena open. Okay, oh, hang on, let me read. Oh, a oh, pioneer, pioneer is coming this week to arena. Uh, no, hang on, it's not that either. Oh, uh, is it modern? No, no, no. Oh. Okay, oh, okay. Apparently, there is a new digital only format called Alchemy. <laughs> Have you heard of this, Julie? <laughs> uh, isn't Alchemy the Netflix show about Dota? Uh, no, that's Ar- Arcane and that's League uh, of Legends. So. Uh, there you go. Dota, League of Legends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there is actually a, Do- a Dota <laughs> cartoon as well that's on Netflix. Uh, I saw it popped up in my thing the other day. But uh, oh, no, we uh, we have out of absolutely nowhere, we have a new format on Arena that's causing some controversy is, uh, is probably a... Uh, an understatement, I guess. Uh, but yeah, this is, this was their big announcement. It came out the day after you guys recorded last week. And, uh, yeah, new, new format called Alchemy. And so what this is, this is standard, same card pool that we have in standard, all the, all the same sets that are legal in standard. But what they're doing is they're effectively doing away with the ban list. We still have, uh, a few cards left on, on the ban list. And they are rebalancing those cards instead, which we've spoken about before. They they did some rebalancing in uh, Historic with some of the digital-only cards uh, that they printed in, into Historic recently. So they're rebalancing a few cards, uh, some of the ones on the ban list, but also a few other cards. So uh, cards like a Seeker's Chariot and uh, Aaron's Epiphany and uh, Goldspan Dragon, you know, the, the cards that everyone talks about potentially banning. And then they're also adding in 63 new digital-only cards into this format. So it's standard, but it's, I guess, what they want to term fixed standard with some extra stuff. What's your... <laughs> I, I know what your first impressions of this yeah, are, so but uh, give, give us your first impressions. We, we've seen... That they ran, like, one of the little events, you know, one of the, like, little arena things that runs for a week or so. Uh, where they, uh, you know, they made what was that seven mana two three that stole something? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. The so, human that you could get off an odor and yeah, like yeah. randomly agent of agent of treachery. Agent of treachery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they've, they've. I guess this is that next iteration of you know slowly transitioning magic to a, a digital only game, uh, which it's kind of you know maybe I'm a bit 
doomsayer here, but that seems to be the direction <laughs> it's going, and sure. Um, you're, just, you're just a boomer, Chewy. I'm just a boomer. I just like my physical magic cards <laughs> and going into a store and engaging with the community. But yeah, um, yeah. It, it's, I don't know, I'm not excited by this at all. It's just standard um, that, you know, they've f- fixed or tried to fix certain cards. Does it change the, the metagame? Does it? Is it different enough? Is it innovative enough? Is it exciting enough? Or is any of these 63 cards spawning new archetypes that are going to be new tier one decks? Uh, is, or am I just going to rock up and play mono white and farm people trying to do quirky stuff? Uh, or, you know, like, I don't know. This seems like, it seems like a step in their overall strategy long term. So, you know, happy that they've got. A strategy because you know sometimes we question whether or not they do but <laughs> uh so it's good to see that but this as a product uh i'll probably not gonna play it uh, i'm not so i i would need to be convinced to play it so yeah like the current standard metagame doesn't excite me at all i my magic time over the last little while has been you know tuning and brewing commander decks and i'll play twice a week maybe on on ladder just to accrue some gold but you know i i've went i went i made mythic two seasons ago made my way through to diamond last season like well into diamond didn't quite make it to mythic because i was enjoying the decks that i was playing and and now it's just kind of a bit stale and you know 50% 50% is it epiphany and that's reflected on the ladder as well and you know I've kind of lost interest in it so it's like oh something new this will be good and it's like oh it's just standard but they've made epiphany cost a bit more and a Seeker's Chariot only makes one cat now uh, eh, like it's, it's not enough for me on face value to get me excited about it so maybe I need to play it. What can I interest you in being able to cast lightning bolts in uh, in standard how, how does that sound? Uh, if I can put four lightning bolts in a, in a deck, maybe. But if I if I have to roll randomly off a spell book, no, 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 no. So they've previewed some of the new cards, the the sixty three new cards that they're going to be putting into uh, into alchemy. Uh, and there is a card called Torolf's Disciple. It's two and a red for a three three with haste. Yep, I'm I'm fine with that to start with. And it has whenever it attacks, conjure four cards named lightning bolt into your library, then shuffle. So every time it attacks, you're shuffling four lightning bolts into your library. And this uh, is obviously a, di- a digital-only card, seeing as it is using this uh, the conjure mechanic, which we've seen before, where it's just plucking the cards out of thin air and, and creating new cards. They're not, not tokens. They're actual lightning bolt cards. But, uh, yeah, so we're, we're getting funky so a, things like that. A good mono-red card, that's good, you know, and, yeah, you're excited by that. So you attack the first turn, you get four. If you get a second attack, you add another four, etc., etc. Yep. Yeah. So you you every time it attacks, you're increasing your chances that you're drawing a lightning bolt, which is okay. yeah, it's great design. It's, not, it's really amazing, good design. but yeah, really, yeah, really cool. Yeah. So anyway, let's uh, let's have a, a bit of a more of a look on what it actually is, and then I'll I might give you some some of my thoughts on on the format. So sure. yeah, this this will release. I believe like tonight. So we're recording this Thursday night of the the ninth of December, and and I think the update is 
on the 9th of December American time. So it should happen tonight for us. And uh, yeah, it will be live. It will be a new queue. So you'll have, you know, the option to play standard and historic or alchemy. Uh, they are with the update, they are changing arena's layout a little bit, what they call the play blade, which is the, you know, when you click on the play button where it shows up what format you're going to pick and things like that, which is something they really have struggled with for quite a while. Like as, as they added more and more formats to Arena, that list just got longer and longer and longer. And it was like, what do I actually want to play? I don't, I don't know what I'm meant to be playing. So Yeah, it's kind of the equivalent of putting an icon on your desktop and then yeah, their desktop's and going, Where the hell is that icon? <laughs> yeah, so now they've added some folders effectively. Yeah. So yeah, yes. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, it will, be, it will be a live format. And like I said, it'll be standard uh, all the current sets, uh, current cards legal in standard. If you already own those cards, you already own them for alchemy, as well as the cards that are coming off the ban list that will be rebalanced. Again, if you already own those cards, you know, I've, I own a, a play set of Omnaths and, and things like that, which are banned. And I did get my wild cards, uh, refunded for those Omnaths. And, uh, yeah, now they will be back and I will still have access to those, to those Omnaths in the new versions. Uh, any card, say, uh, as an example, a Seeker's Chariot or Elrond's Epiphany that is rebalanced in Alchemy, you will have access to the normal version, the, the standard version and the rebalanced version. Uh, so there's no, no issues there. And then there will be the 63 new cards. Now it looks like, I, I haven't seen it actually confirmed, but it looks like most of the new cards are going to be rares and mythics, which is, uh, obviously, again, causing some controversy in terms of soaking up people's wild cards. But one thing they're doing is they're releasing new packs that you can buy. And, and from what I understand, they're going to be uh, releasing these packs a few weeks after a set releases. So you'll have, you know, new new set will come out. So we've got uh, Neon Dynasty, Neon Destiny. I can never remember which one it is. The, uh, the new Kamigawa set. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's the next set that comes out, I think, in February next year. The set will come out. You'll be able to buy the the regular standard packs and then I believe a few weeks later, they will then release alchemy packs that are alchemy packs of the Kamigawa set. And so the rare and mythic card in that, uh, or mythic card in, in that pack is uh, more likely to be one of the, the new cards that are being released, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, you know, you, you, it's, it's a way to go, okay, which, which format do I prefer to play? Which packs do I want to buy? And those packs will be available on the store for the standard price, like a thousand gold for, for a pack, or you can buy them with gems and, and all that sort of thing. You can, you can buy bundles of the packs as well, like you can with normal cards. So, uh, it's going to be, it, it gives people the option to, uh, you know, buy the packs for the formats that they, they actually want to play, which is, which is good. It. No, can't, can't draft it. Yeah. You can just, just purchase the uh, the packs like uh, like normal packs, which is something we we haven't seen from Wizards before. Uh, so like with Historic, you couldn't buy Historic packs. Jumpstart, you couldn't buy the Jumpstart packs, um, which was, you know, you, you had to play Jumpstart to get those cards and, and that sort of thing. So it's good to see them doing that. They're obviously uh, still not. Is it, uh, mm, uh, it would be good if, the, yeah, I, I would have liked to have been able to just buy Jumpstart packs and not just have to play in the event. But yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I would have also liked, like, why couldn't they have had a draft queue of this or sealed like they would at another event? So now I have to spend. I can't just, you know, I have to spend wild cards or I have to buy packs. I can't. The best way to build your collection is to play limited. So yeah, there. It's a, a little bit of barrier to entry there in my mind. Yeah, you'll still be able to get all the 
normal standard cards in normal standard packs and in drafts and all those sorts of things. It's just the extra cards. And and I don't know how often. I, like, they're, they're obviously doing 63 now. I don't know if it's going to be 60 extra cards per set. Like, that's going to be a lot of <laughs> a lot of cards that are going to come out. If you're adding an extra 60 cards per set into standard, that's uh, that's a lot. So I'm not sure. I haven't seen details or heard anybody talking about whether that's going to be the case. Um, so if it, if it's just these 63 cards that they're adding for now, and then maybe like next rotation or in a year's time, they're going to add some more, then that's fine. Cause you just, you know, you're crafting the cards that you need and you, you're not crafting the ones you don't need. So it's uh, it's not really any different to playing historic and that sort of thing. They're obviously still not adding the capability to like dust cards or, or anything along those lines. So, uh, people are still, still complaining about that, but is what it is, and I wouldn't be expecting that to happen anytime soon. Wizards have obviously taken that stance from from very early on with Arena and uh, are unlikely to change that. Um, the other sort of thing to point out with this is because every card that's printed on Arena goes into Historic, the rebalanced versions of the cards will also be going into Historic. So if you play Historic currently with the Seeker's Chariot, it is the normal Seeker's Chariot that we have in standard. As of tonight, when the update happens, a Seeker's Chariot in Historic will be the new version, which, as Chewie said, it, uh, it only gives you one cat instead of two, uh, but it also, the, the crew cost is reduced down to, to two as well. So, uh, again, heard, heard people complaining about that because uh, they're saying, well, you know, the card's not currently too powerful in Historic and uh, you're nerfing it in Historic and, and sort of making it less likely to be played and, and things like that. But I guess with the the digital only format and once cards then rotate out of standard, they can then look at uh, you know, rebalancing them back or, or updating them, that sort of thing. So uh they've said in their article they're they're gonna be looking at rebalancing things roughly once a month to start with. I know like when Pioneer first came out, they were pretty heavy on the bandhammer in Pioneer for the first few months just to sort of try and find uh, an even playing field and then they, they sort of backed off after that so I, I would expect to see the same thing in alchemy first few months we'll get a bunch of changes and then it might uh, sort of even out after that hmm. i'm still not convinced shorty why should i play it <laughs> so I, I was uh pretty similar to you when i first saw the announcement i was like oh, okay like we did exactly the same same thing with historic when that that first game was like okay it's it's just a format for when your cards rotate rotate out of standard you've got a format that you can play but it's unlikely people are going to play it and and whatever and then slowly 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 historic became a good format and now it's actually a really good format and Wizards also threw a lot of of support behind it 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 became part of the premier play you know we've just seen historic in the latest set championship yeah, the same thing is happening with Alchemy. So they've announced there will be an arena open in the near future that will be Alchemy. And I believe that they've said somewhere, I can't remember where I saw it or heard it, but I believe that one of the set championships in the near future will also be Alchemy. So uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely supporting it like they have with uh, with Historic. So yeah, my initial thoughts was, okay, yeah, whatever. It's just another format. If I don't, I don't have to play it. I don't, I don't really care about it. You know, we can we can sort of discuss... I guess we can get into that soon, but the uh, as you mentioned before, that sort of separation between paper and digital play and, and what sort of effects that's going to have on the game long term. But 
as I've listened to podcasts this week, so uh, as everyone who listens knows, I listen to a lot of magic podcasts because I spend pretty much all day every day in the car. And uh, I've had the benefit of having pretty much a full week of people's opinions to to listen to. And one thing I came to realize after listening to this, I I, I thought, okay, people are just going to keep playing standard. Why why would they play this different format? And then I had that that realization that the whole purpose of this format is to fix standard, to to rebalance standard, to Rather than banning Aaron's Epiphany to make a small adjustment and make it so that it's not 50% of a metagame, it's 10 to 15% of a metagame. So when you look at it that way, when you're going, okay, the purpose of this is to make standard more playable, more balanced, so you can play more decks, more diversity, why would you ever actually play standard again? Because... Alchemy is going to be the format where you can play the cards that you want and have deck diversity and not play the same matchup 10 times in a row in ladder, whereas standard is still going to be stuck in exactly the same place and will never change. As soon as standard is solved, it is solved and there's there's very little churn and very little innovation, whereas alchemy is going to be constantly changing, cards are going to be constantly getting balanced, it's always going to be new and exciting and more diverse and so once you sort of look at it that way yeah you kind of go okay well i think maybe i won't actually play standard anymore i think if i'm playing arena i'm more likely to play alchemy so that i can actually have fun games and then once people make that change they're just not going to go back to standard and and standard on arena is going to become really only a format where people play it to test for standard events so my mind was definitely changed through the week, and uh, I am very firmly in the camp now that Alchemy is going to be the new premier format uh, for for Magic and for for any arena based uh, events, uh, because Wizards gets to you know like we saw with this set championship, you're never going to see a set championship like that again with a boring stale standard format with no new decks. <laughs> it's it's always going to be alchemy with balanced uh, formats and balanced cards and and a new exciting format so that it showcases what's happening in magic so like how does that sit with you like having having heard that explanation from me uh, it's a good point it, it, it is uh, i've got i've got issues with it but my issues with it aren't going to change <laughs> it aren't going to change it and as i said it's it's obviously part of the the broader strategy and that that strategy is basically this is a death knell for for for, for paper magic, right? So this this is yet another nail in the coffin, uh, and you know there's an emotional part of me that you know is sort of railing against that. But you know if I can put that aside, I can go. It, it's good that you know I was complaining about the meta game because I just was not that I find is it epiphany that egregious it's just boring to play against the same thing over and over again so it's a it's a good thing that you know the format gets more balanced but whilst we're in this transition period people are going to be uncomfortable with it and i'm going to draft a card and i'm going to go back oh that's a great card i really want to put that in my deck and then i'm going to go to put it in my deck and it's like it's completely different now right yep. so the as I said, the best way to accrue cards into your collection is is to play 
play limited when when a set comes out. Like you jump on and and play a bunch of sealed and and draft. And the way that I interact with the the arena economy uh, is is actually impacted here because uh, what I normally do is I I play a bunch of ladder and uh, I get a bunch of, of of gold and then I use that gold to enter drafts and turn those into gems throughout the season and then a new set comes out and I use those gems to uh, play a bunch of sealed and rinse and repeat right and you know I, I then use the the you know the packs that you open and, and the rares that you draft and, and and the things that you win to build my next standard deck and I use that to accrue the gold which you know I turn into gems and, and, and things so what this does is and I guess probably the thing that I'm, you know, most concerned about is a card will get rebalanced once a month. So a card that I've invested some, some wild cards in or, or, or some gems or, or whatever it might be can become completely obsolete because it gets rebalanced out of the format. And I, so I lose that wild card. So if it's a banning, if it's Omnath gets banned, I get those wild cards back. Now yeah, yeah. it just gets rebalanced. I get nothing. And then if I want to play a competitive deck, I need to spend more. So it's a business. I get that. It's fine. But, you know, for me personally, it means that I to be able to continue to play, to try to, you know, play competitively and, and grind that ladder on, on Arena, I need to invest more actual money, which is, that's that's where a lot of people are going to have that issue with. They're not looking at the game and, and growing the game and, you know, and if they happen to make a good profit, off that because they built this awesome thing, this competitive play, this online product that's that's flashy and bright and is bringing people into the game. It it's a step towards it's moving the needle towards the predatory side of it for me. And there's nothing I can do about that. I'll still continue to play the game, but it, it, it's going to turn some people off. Uh, I'm not at that point yet. I'm not saying that, but there are people that are further towards the door. Than, than what I am, that are going to see exactly what I've described and go, see you later. But I'm sure Wizards Marketing and R&D Department have gone, well, are we going the people that we lose versus the people that we retain and then the new people we bring in is a, you know, is that worth it? But, you know, anybody with who's done any sort of business study knows that it's like 10 times more expensive to bring new people in compared to retaining a customer and this this is a step away from customer retention in my mind so that's the issue i've got with it it's not so much that i'm going to flip the table and not play anymore but i i I do have that issue everything else is okay I, i like the idea of rebalancing all the rest of it the execution i think you know they've taken the opportunity to you know bump up their revenue rather than you know fix the game like you Fixing the game, that's great, but when fixing the game is the very thin veil that they've put over revenue raising, that, you know, just be honest, honestly. That's, that's, that, I guess that's my point. Just be honest. <laughs> you're, you're never, it. never gonna, you're never gonna get that out of a business. That's not, not how businesses work. They're, they're never gonna tell you, oh, we're making this change because we want to earn more money. That's, that's not what they do. So, uh, no, uh, well, that's, that's a, for e- every ethical company. businesses do. And they'll say, we, we want to raise revenue because we want to invest in this, right? Yep. And, and that's fine. Like, but revenue raising to make our shareholders happy is, is you know, is what I have issue with, and you know, the US yeah, company, but capitalists, that's, 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 
99.9% of businesses work. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, like the more ethical ones will be more upfront is what I'm saying. But anyway, that's yeah. that's, a, that's a debate for a different podcast. But yeah, I, yeah. I guess not, I've, not a magic I've, podcast. I've said my piece uh, and, and I, I definitely stick by it. But I I do want to just reiterate though it's not it it's not so bad that it, it's putting me off and I'm sure there's people out there that are very very vocal in that camp that are you know it, it's it's magic players they love complaining and it, you know you've only got to scroll Twitter for five minutes yeah. to to see yeah. that it's it's not that bad it's just you know. It's, I'm a little uneasy. I would say I'm not yeah. outraged. I'm just un- yep. a, a little uneasy. Yeah. So a few a few sort of quick points just to sort of get uh, I guess both of our opinions on. But uh, one thing I heard on one of the podcasts this week that uh, I thought was a very good point is you know they Wizards release this new thing and people go oh no you know no one's going to play that it's garbage what a stupid idea and then five minutes later everyone loves it. You you were you're a Magic Online player. You've played Magic Online for quite a long time. How much of a big change was it when they introduced leagues for drafting? Enormous. It, it, yes. It made it made drafting on Magic Online uh, doable without having to sit there. Like Magic yeah, Online- Without lock, locking in hours and hours where you had yeah, to stay like there and play the draft. Yeah, like going to a store to play an F&M yep. draft. You were there for three or yep. four hours. It used yep. to be like that with- with Magic Online, the league's yeah. complete game changer. Yes. So when when they announced the leagues on Magic Online, same reaction. Everyone's oh, that's not real drafting. You're not drafting in the same pod. That's not that's not proper drafting. All that sort of stuff. Within five minutes, everybody loves it. Best idea ever. So that was a good comparison that I heard today that I, I thought was really cool. And the other another complaint that we've heard I, from people. I see that, I, yeah, I see that as a comparison to playing the ladder. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think it's. <laughs> I, I think comparing them this. Alchemy to that is a complete false equivalent, and I, I don't agree uh, with that. So. Well, I mean, okay, so look at it this way. You've got a standard that sucks. It's really boring, and people are getting turned off of the game and not playing it because it's really boring. So Rebalancing, fixing it, love it. Uh, that that yeah. part of it, absolutely love it. But that, yeah. that, so that you create, no you create a new format that, that gets people still playing the game, keeps people still engaged. But that's a, the Everyone, f- comparing a format to the structure yeah, they're, they're two different things. So that's no, like not. saying they're, they're, they're the same thing. No, that's like saying I really like this road, not the car that I'm driving on. <laughs> so yeah, the deck that you play in a format is is different to the format at, at large. So it's uh, yeah, but it's a it's a it's a major change to the way that you play the game. You know, you you draft in paper and you play in your pod, and you draft on an, on Magic Online or on Arena, and you don't play in your pod. They're completely different different things. It's that separation of paper to digital. Yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing a, this, with this that. This is the same. But no, I don't. I don't. I still don't agree. I I, I understand yeah. what you're saying that it's a it's a change and the change is largely good. Uh, but I, I don't agree with that specific example. I, sure. I, I think that's a false equivalent. All right. The other uh, complaint hearing from people is. Uh, the complexity level of like the increased complexity level. You know, you've got. Cards in paper that say one thing, you play them on Arena, they do a different thing, or all that sort of stuff. You know, you play them in Standard on Arena, they do one thing. You play them in Alchemy or Historic on Arena, they they say different things, they do different things. Where do you sit on that? Uh, uh, I like think that's argument? a necessary evil because it we're in a transition period between moving away from paper to to purely digital and implementing that change is going to take time. They can't just stop printing physical magic cards 
they they have to trend, or they can't just print digital only and expect people to to engage with and, and play it. So uh, whichever direction they're going in, this is a step in that transition. You can't just have like a bang cold turkey change. It's a transition. It's going to be awkward. I, I understand it. Uh, yes, it does like, add that complexity, but it's a means to an end. Yeah. I've always thought this argument was stupid. How long have we had text list cards for? You know, when, when they first did them, like Cryptic Command and things like that. Cryptic Command is one of the most complicated cards ever, and Wizards release a textless version of it that doesn't tell you what it does. What, and did, yet everybody- what does your textless reciprocate do? Because I don't know what mine does, <laughs> right? So, yeah. yeah what that, what that, does your, your what is it, Japanese version of Burning Shrine of Shrine whatever. of Burning Rage? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no idea. We've had those, <laughs> we've had those issues for- a very, very long time. I remember playing Cryptic Command in a Commander deck. People still play the cards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I played Cryptic Command in a Commander deck with some new players, and I'm like, I'm going to do this and then do this. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're <laughs> like, like, no, you're not. What? <laughs> you know, there's no way a card does all that. And it's like, let me look Judge. it up on my phone. Yeah, exactly right. So it's, yeah, so uh, so that's I've always thought that's a stupid excuse. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, ma- I agree. Magic Magic players pride themselves on being smart. That's why we play the Even game. If we're and, not, you know, we like to pretend we are. Exactly. And so if you can figure out what textless cards or cards written in different languages or whatever do, you can play with cards that are different in different formats. It's no different to remembering. Oh, in Commander, this card is banned, but it's legal in Legacy and Vintage, and this card's banned in Modern, but it's legal in this format. And this, it's no different to that. Magic's sort of thing. a complicated so game. If you yeah. don't like it, there are a lot less complicated games out there. And yes. There yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, and then uh, I guess the other one is the the separation of paper standard and effectively like this is the new standard on on arena i sort of see going forward you know obviously we're sort of coming out of the pandemic but who knows what's going to happen next year with different strains and you know we're still getting like as as i was telling chewy before my daughter's got covid cases at her school so we're still having a whole bunch of issues and we're, we're certainly not out of the woodwork and back to normal yet but the general consensus seems to be that hopefully next year we'll get back to some sort of normality and get back to playing paper magic uh you seem to be of the opinion that that wizards are definitely heading down the line of moving away from printing paper cards and, Look, and I, printing. I don't i don't know whether they will uh stop because why would you like completely sever you know a major revenue stream so yeah I, I don't think they would do that but they they are going but if they just started if they went here's this whole new game with cards that have never existed and they're only on arena that wouldn't take straight away either so that transitional period that i was alluding to but just before it, that's what we we're in the throes of that at the moment. Whether we're at, at the start, somewhere in the middle, or getting towards the end, I I don't know. But all of the the changes that we've seen in the last eighteen months in arena have all been testing the waters, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, seeing what's possible or not possible within the arena client. And you know, the last release for historic where they introduced digital only assets is a that was the clearest sign right where they are going to a digital platform and now they can have a digital plat and just like you know other games if something is overpowered or underpowered they can tweak it because they haven't printed a physical copy of it so 
absolute huge benefits uh, for that. But it, it's just going to add that there's a bit of confusion. And I could foresee a time in the next couple of years where there will be sets that come out, you know, let's say Neon Dynasty or whatever. What's the next one? The new Capernia, right? Or or maybe sets that we have don't even know about yet, right? In years to come where there'll be like a base set that gets printed both in paper and digitally. And then there is, just like we've seen with Crimson Vow after Midnight Hunt, there'll be the digital only supplement set. So you will get a completely different play experience in paper versus digital because there's a, uh, you know, there's more scope for, for change, innovation and fixing mistakes rather than going, we either have to accept this or ban it. Now we can just, you know, add mana to it or add or reduce power and toughness or whatever it might be. So that's, that's cool. I, I, I like that that's an option. It just how they implement it is going to be key. So if, if yeah. magic becomes, you know, this hybrid rather than trying to serve both masters, if they just accept it and say, you know, this is the paper and digital and then this is just the digital, like historic. That's, that's great because it's the digital only assets into historic were a really clear indication because people were talking about playing in store historic tournaments and printing digital only cards into that completely killed that. So it's, it's impossible to do that unless you play with playtest cards. I won't use the other words, but the playtest cards to make a deck viable. So that's a really, really clear signpost. That's your gold uncommon in your draft pack to tell you that the, the direction that they're going in my mind. Yep. So I see in the future, like I don't see Paper Magic going anywhere, not for a very long time. I think Wizards earns way too much money off of commander players and, and you know, even modern players and, and that sort of stuff. Secret all layers. Secret, yeah. secret layers and all that sort of stuff. So Paper Magic is not going anywhere. What I see going forward is... Standard has sucked for ages from a high-level competitive uh, point of view and for, for coverage and all that sort of stuff. I see paper tournaments in the future being pioneer, being modern, potentially legacy, or being limited formats, those, those sorts of things. And I see anything that would normally be standard will be alchemy instead uh, and and played on arena for years and years and years and years basically forever standard has been the flagship format for wizards you know all the pro tour and mo- most of the pro tours predominantly pro tours were standard format or, or draft and standard that sort of thing but standard was the flagship that was the f- the main format that got played yeah but and that standard was fine didn't, standard didn't used to get solved as quickly as it has the no, advent so of that, that was that was my exact exact yeah. point so yeah. that was fine even 10 years ago. But, like, I remember when we first started playing competitively at Card Heaven, you know, there was, like, net decking was just starting. And and the net decking then was like, oh, I found this list online. But it's, you know, someone might have played 10 games with that, with that deck. Like, it was it was nothing. You just found someone someone's random brew sort of thing. Uh, apparently on their stream when they announced Alchemy, Wizards said that over a billion games have been played on Arena now. Which is phenomenal. Like that's probably more games of magic 
just on Arena in the last couple of years than have been played in all the previous years combined. <laughs> like, that's, that's an insane amount, which means for a small format like Standard, it's just going to get solved. There is no way, it doesn't matter how much resources Wizards puts into uh, R&D and, and testing and that sort of stuff, they cannot compete with the millions of games that get played as soon as a set releases. And so it is going to get solved and they just can't find a way around that. And their way around that is, okay, well, let's just not play paper standard anymore and let's just play this version that we can actually adjust because we we don't want to be banning cards every two seconds because all that does is ruin a format and uh, you know, ruin ruin people's confidence. So that's what I see going forward. I don't see paper going anywhere. I, I, I think we there's definitely, you know, we saw... The GP Vegas, or not, it wasn't GP Vegas, the, the MTG Vegas event that happened a couple of weeks ago, there was like 4,000 people to that. There's certainly a desire for people to want to play Paper Magic, and we've experienced that ourselves, the, the times that we've managed to get together recently and, and play. But I think for, for their flagship arena format going forward, it will be Alchemy. I don't see it being standard, and I think standard on arena is going to disappear pretty quickly, and I don't think it's likely that we're going to see paper standard at a high level being played maybe ever again so good solution i I think and for all the reasons that you've mentioned and and probably many more that we can't think of but great from a coverage perspective great from a, a play experience perspective it would also be great if we had you know continued promoted high level play uh to showcase this uh so like I get that that's a great thing, uh, but then the other, the the left hand and the right hand aren't exactly in sync with wizards. So hopefully this is a step. And look, I'll put on my optimist hat. Hopefully this is a step with between reuniting high level magic play with some organisation and and some structure and and, and things. So uh, it's a it's going to make coverage more interesting. It's it's going to make things fresher. Uh, it's it's a necessary evil or it's the best thing in the world. Most people will sit somewhere within that range, but I think it's something that everyone agrees probably needs to happen. Yep, definitely. All right, we've talked about Alchemy more than enough. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, it'll get released basically tonight, so probably by the time you listen to this podcast, it, it may be live on Arena, so get into it and uh, and see what happens. I would assume people will just start off playing the same decks that they played in Standard and, and trying to fi- find what works, but... Uh, I would imagine over the next few weeks, every content creator is going to be doing uh, content for Alchemy. So there's going to be plenty of lists getting around and, and we may uh, talk about that next week. But uh, who knows, next year for our uh, our Magic Beans tournament series, we may run some uh, some Alchemy events instead of standard events. We'll see where the, uh, the formats and things are at when uh, it comes time to announce those. So stay tuned for that. All right couple of things on the way out. So we mentioned on our uh, Envy stream that we were hoping to run an event just to sort of cap off the year. And uh, I've just, before we started recording, created an event for on, on Challenge for a historic brawl event. So we've had a few people asking for this throughout the year. Uh, unfortunately, I, I doubt that any of the beans are actually going to be able to play in it. Uh, it's just obviously a very, very busy time of year and, and with half of us <laughs> trying to move house and things like that anyway, uh, un- unlikely to happen. But 
we've put the event out there. We'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, we'll post it in the Discord, that sort of thing. Jump on register. Free to enter, as always. We'll have some prizes up for grabs. We've got a bunch of like arena codes and things like that still to give away, so we may put those up for for prizes as well but we'll support it we'll make sure we you know do it do a bit of organizing in the background and uh yeah get in there and play some historic brawl because apparently that's a fun format if you especially if you're a, a commander fan so get in on that have you played any historic brawl chewy no i've watched tanker stream a couple of times yep, yep. and yeah it does just look like you know commander light or you know the arena commander yeah. uh and you know which is fun. It's, it, it looks cool, but yeah, I've not had a chance to play it myself, and I won't be able to play in this event. Uh, I'll be busy wicket keeping because uh, <laughs> being convinced to come out of retirement <laughs> for a few weeks. But uh, it's uh, went to training tonight. I've hit them pretty well, just quietly. So we'll see yeah, how nice. we go. We'll um, see some runs on the board. Yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. I don't know how much running I've got in me. That's my problem. So. <laughs> <laughs> you just, just hit fours and sixes every ball. You, you'll be fine. You don't have yeah. to run at all. So in the last season that I played, my high score for the year was 45. I didn't hit a yep. boundary. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of back and forth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Very good. All right. So uh, last couple of things. So we're currently running a survey. Uh, there is a link that's been posted in the Discord, I think, in the announcements channel. Jump in on that. We did the same thing last year. We just want to get a bit of feedback from all our uh, awesome people out there that listen to us and watch our, our content, that sort of thing. So jump in. Fill out the survey. It literally takes you two minutes, and uh, you'll if you put your name in on the uh, on the survey, you'll go into the draw for uh, something we will give away to you to uh, to whoever wins that. Uh, so we may close that off next week. We'll uh, we'll work that out. But yeah, get get in and get it done. Don't forget about it. And next week's episode. So next week, seventeenth of December. So next Thursday, we're going to do a live stream episode. So we recently did. Uh, a stream into Discord with with us with our cameras on and had people sort of listen in and uh, and watch us as we recorded the the podcast. Yeah, it was was a lot of fun. We're going to give it a go on Twitch. We probably won't actually record it as a podcast. I don't think it's going to work very well. Uh, I I think it's just going to be a uh, very casual night of just general chatting about the the year that we've had and, you know, a bit of a a breakup for Christmas effectively and, and that will likely see us out for the year the following week is is basically i think it's like christmas eve or something like that the following week so uh that's unlikely to happen um and then we'll all all be off on on christmas break so we may get an episode out over christmas who knows we will be catching up but uh we'll we'll see how we go for that but yeah when we do this stream make sure you you jump in and, and watch us on twitch and we've got some commander decks that we've been hanging on to for a while that you got off of pat the last time you uh you went and saw him. So yeah, I think we're going to give away some of those. The, yeah, the five Strixhaven uh, pre-cons. Yep. So we're going to give those away on stream. So, so I was I was thinking what we might actually do is do it as a bit of a – do it as a Twitter giveaway and a stream giveaway. So we may put some up to give away on Twitter, uh, you know, maybe one or two, and then the rest we'll give away during the stream. So, so it's possible for one person to win two decks. That's p- so potentially. much value. So make sure yep, you join yep. – the Twitter giveaway and uh, tune in on the stream to increase yep. the chances. Absolutely. So yeah, that's uh, that's all from us tonight. Uh, the usual wrap up. If you want to get in on our events or you want to be part of our awesome community, best place to be is in our Discord. Jump in there and uh, and say good day. We've had a, a few people joining recently, which is awesome to see. Uh, there is still our merch store. 
which uh, you can buy some magic beans gear, hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, mouse pads, all that sort of stuff. Go and jump on that. The the link is in our show notes as always. Go and check out our sponsors, jpmtgbazaar.com.au. Grab yourself some bargains on their daily auctions and let them know the beans sent you. And then uh, search us up on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. All of those places, we are uh, Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast. So just search for us, find us on there, and give us a follow. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. Bye.